This is the Good Things Guy podcast with myself, Brendan DeCute, South Africa's very own Good Things Guy. I'm on a mission to change what the world pays attention to. I truly believe that there's good news all around us, and I spend my time hunting down and reporting on the best good news stories from South Africa and the world. In the Good Things Guy podcast, you'll meet these everyday heroes and hear their incredible stories. Welcome back to the Good Things Jackpot. This week, I've got Brett Rogers, who I haven't interviewed in about five years. I haven't actually sat down and spoken to him about where life has taken him. But he's currently the editor of In, which we can find on Instagram as in This Is In. From what I've seen... Underscore, underscore. Underscore, underscore. From what I understand (laughs) and from what I've seen, it's like a very cool living magazine. There's something going on there and it looks very interesting. And we've got him on the show to speak about all this amazing work that he's doing, plus the kindness project slash campaign that they're busy with. And also what the hell he's been doing in lockdown. I think that's, um, that's on a lot of South Africans' minds. We're all stuck in our homes. Some of us are going to work. We're all dealing with this new life. But I'm always intrigued to find out how people have been dealing with it in their own selves as well. So, Brett, welcome to Good Things Jackpot. It's great to have you here. Ah, uh, Brent, it's such a pleasure to hear your voice and see your face. It's, uh, it's been a long five years, but it's a pleasure to be here. Thanks, man. Listen, last time, last time you and I sat down and we chatted, you were actually living in Johannesburg and you're now a Cape Townian. I'm going to call you a Cape Townian. You've been there for quite a couple of years. Oh. Um, <laughs> I'm a Joburger, man. Joburg is in my DNA. It's pumping through my veins. The N1 is just seeping in the blood. But you seem to be loving your new life in Cape Town. Yeah, I'm, I'm very happy. Uh, you know, I miss Joburg a great deal. But uh, for the moment, Cape Town is the right place for me. Uh, you were talking about lockdown and what we're doing in lockdown. And I, I'll be honest, like sitting in my apartment and I can see the ocean, it helps. Uh, it helps a great deal with the calm and, and trying to keep myself sane. I was alone in lockdown for a fair amount of time and I landed up having my housemate come back and it was great. And, you know, we, we just found a rhythm together. I think uh, that was one of the most important things to do in lockdown is just have a rhythm, do the certain things that you do every day and just to keep your spirits up. And uh, for the most part, it wasn't terrible. Yeah. I must ask, because you've just mentioned roommates. I know that there's, there is going to be a lot of, and has been a lot of breakups and divorces. And there's no time like lockdown to really learn about yourself and whether you can live with someone. So, I mean, you and your housemate, good, good living, living together? Well, two things. First thing, uh, my housemate and I got on like a house on fire. It was spectacular. It was such a wonderful experience. And I think both of us were pleasantly surprised by the friendship that grew. We were already friends 10, 12 years ago, but we only started living together about six months ago. And it was just a joy. But I think, you know, you have to want it to be a joy. You have to be a little bit, and this speaks to the kindness thing that I'm speaking about at the moment, is you have to be kind to people in small spaces. We are in a tiny apartment here, so you know there's not a lot of space and you just have to be gentle with yourself and gentle with the other person, forgiving and you know if there's mayonnaise in the counter, just wipe it up and carry on smiling. Yeah. Um, uh, but I, I actually went through a breakup myself. Uh, I broke up, my, my girlfriend and I broke up day three of lockdown. And then, yeah, thank you very much. And then after that, we friended again uh, about two weeks ago um, we've subsequently started our own podcast called Sex with My Ex. Um, <laughs> it's amazing. It's so great, man. We do like just sex positive 
inclusive, thoughtful conversations about sexuality, and um, and we are not really exes anymore. But uh, yeah, sex with my sex with my girlfriend or sex with my partner doesn't it's not as pussy as sex with my ex. Yeah, no, that's amazing. Okay, so so you are part of the statistics that we're talking about because I'm starting to see it now. Definitely. There's a lot of people on my on my friendship Facebook groups and stuff where I'm seeing people are sort of going their own ways and separating and lockdown's been tough. It's been tough for a lot of people. Sure. I'm lucky. Um, Very I, tough. I think with Andrew and myself, we've been together 12 years and I've worked from home for five years and he comes and goes, the office is just down the road. So being at home for the first like 60, 70 days, it was just kind of normal. I was in my office, we uh, had that separate space. So I think that worked. Yeah. Well, I suppose, you know, it's uh, such a pleasure to have him and you, your relationship together is, you know, having been together so long, I'm very jealous and, uh, well, not jealous, well, I'm jealous. But it's such a wonderful thing to, and an inspirational thing to see a, um, a happy couple and not break up in lockdown anyway, especially. Good things, good things. But this is not the relationship show. This is, this is the good things show. No, 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 true. And we, we, want, we want to talk about the good stuff that you're doing with, um, with this new role as editor of mm-hmm. In, which is, this is in underscore, underscore, you need to give us the proper how, how to find it. But first, mm-hmm. what is it? Okay, so... In was a, a project that was started by the agency that I, that I work for, which is, have you heard, based in Cape Town and Joburg and London. And so essentially what they wanted to do is they wanted to utilize me for what I'm good for. And what I'm good at is seeing the world and, and analyzing it and thinking about it and, and being curious about it. And so what we did was is we, we wanted to have something that had no client agenda um, that was simply focused on mirroring what is happening in the world. What are the, true, what are the truths of the world? And these are the kind of people and cultures and movements and communities that are currently dictating the trajectory of the world. And so we want to give some information. Uh, that's what this design does, is it gives information on each of these things. So we'll do a podcast, we'll do data, we'll do Google Trends, we'll do in- multiple interviews. I think I interviewed over 178 people one-on-one in the last 10 months. Yeah, it's been, it's been a labor of, of love. Obviously, I get paid as well, so that's nice. But you know, that, that's what we do, and it's, it's such a pleasure. I have a great team that, we, that I work with, and the design, I think, is what really makes it a very, very special communicative platform. Well, it looks amazing, and I've gone onto Instagram. I haven't listened to any of the podcasts yet, but I have gone onto Instagram, and I've had a look at a couple of the different posts that you've put up, and they all look um, very interesting. It's something that I'd want to know more about. We're speaking about the kindness as next. So what is that about? What we do is we look at the world, right? My team and I, we have a department called the Observational Insights Department. We meet once a week and we talk about what we've visually seen. Obviously, during lockdown, that's trickier, but it's how we experience things. And, uh, and we talk about these varieties of topics and, uh, until we've worked out a thing that is actually happening, a community that exists. And usually it's around a, there's some sort of product happening or a, a movement or some sort of indicator that these things are real. Um, and it's my job to have a look at those things and showcase that they are actually real. You know, it's one thing to say that uh, there's a movement towards making things again. Um, and people like to make leather goods and they're learning how to create with their hands again. And people will probably believe you. But I want to say, listen, this is happening in the world. And this is the truth. And here is me showing you that it is actually true. And so the kindness, I've been seeing it for a while. I've been seeing it for a while. People turning against the rhetoric that a lot of the world is forcing us into. Um, a lot of the world forces us to hate each other, forces us to divide ourselves based on our, our tribes, our skin color, our gender, our sexuality. And 
and causes us to separate and dislike the other. And I think that people are, are not that dumb. I, I think that we've, we've started to realize that all these politicians and, and talking heads telling us to dislike each other, sorry guys, we don't want you anymore. And we want to be kind to each other. We want to be gentle to each other. We want to set a stage to make this a much nicer place to be. Something very specific that, you know, when you, when you asked me, I, you know, to give examples for myself, I hadn't even thought about it that way. And so that helped me a lot to think about that. And, and the thing that I was thinking is the term microaggression. So if I think about the term microaggression and what, what those kind of things do to minority groups or, or people that have been um, subjugated in the past, it, it creates this horrible atmosphere. Now, if I think of the whole world not looking at each other or not having the intent of a kind action all the time towards your interactions with people, your own, those are the microaggressions. Those are little aggressions. It's your tone. It's, it's the clip in your voice. It's the shortness in your voice. It's, it's the cruelty in your eyes. And I think that those things, they're just making us a shit place to live. Sorry, I don't know if I'm allowed to swear. Um, of course you are. Uh, this is, a, this is a, a podcast. You can say whatever you want on you. Great, great. And I don't want to live in a shit world. You know, I'm already like not wanting to procreate because of the, the awfulness that's out there. And I'm, I want to focus on and find and talk about the kindness that's happening. I want to help us make it a more common occurrence. And, uh, and that's it. That's, that's the plan. I think that's beautiful. And it's so relevant to the current journey that I'm on right now. Um, I, mm. I, I'm going to tell you this and please don't judge me for this. But I started TikTok at the beginning of lockdown and I started creating these crazy TikTok videos and I've sort of been sucked into this TikTok community, which is bizarre because I'm over 30. I shouldn't be like the, the TikTok is for the kids. Leave it for the kids. But um, I've enjoyed the, the space that it allows me to be creative and all these good things. And just this week. There's been this huge TikTok scandal with one of the, she's, she's got a lot of followers. She's got over 2 million people that follow her on TikTok. She's South African. She's young. She's 19. Yeah, no, it's just, it's mad. But what, what has come out is that um, she's been exposed for racism, transphobia, homophobia, and also bullying. Apparently, the, wow. the, the stuff that's come out is that this little girl, she spent two years creating fake accounts to bully trans South Africans on the platform. It's like the most disgusting thing that I've really heard. And I wrote this, I wrote this opinion piece where suicide rates in the LGBT community are massive, right? And, and cyberbullying comes hand in hand with what we ha currently have to deal with as human beings, but more so for our kids. Because when we, so social media, this is exactly what I said. Social media is a terrifying place. Most of us didn't have to deal with these online pressures that our younger generations have now. But we need to teach them to be better. We need to teach these young people on these platforms to be better. I'm not sure where all the hate stems from, but it's our responsibility as adults to help the younger generation be kinder and to protect them from the dangers of the online world, even when sometimes those dangers are themselves. They could be. They've got all these emotions that they're putting out into the space, and it's quite dangerous. And I ended off that opinion piece by just saying enough with the hate. Like, just enough. All of you, everybody needs to just stop with the hate. Hate is a learned behavior. One that can be unlearned should a person want to. So let's try and be kinder 
and unlearn this horrible hate that we're currently dealing with. And I think you, you speak about kindness in the world. It starts, and the, the microaggression, I kind of feel like it starts in the space where we spend a lot of our time in, and that's social media. People have been separated in their homes and in lockdown for the last almost 100 days. And we've spent a lot of time on social media. And I can see the anger and this. I don't know if people think they're anonymous when they're on these sites, but it's ugly. And as adults, we need to show our kids how to be better is how I feel. Well, I think, I think you know, it's interesting, right? Uh, say, trying to teach our kids to be better. I mean, we haven't set a very good, good example. I, I think to a large degree, they're teaching us how to be better. But, you know, it's a team effort and, and we, we, we need to educate each other. What you said there about the bullying and, and social media and stuff, I, um, I left, well, I left. I stopped using Facebook about two and a half years ago because of this exact thing, because I found that I wasn't being fed and I wasn't feeding positivity into the world. A big aspect of my life is, is, is activism. And I found myself becoming a nasty person. I found uh, my people becoming nasty people and being aggressive and, and shitty to people who are shitty, I, understandably. But I just thought I, I wasn't winning. Yeah. I wasn't winning the arguments. And therefore, what is the point of me being there? All I'm doing is creating more negativity and more hate. So I, I have a question for you. What did you suggest the actions should be towards this young woman in your uh, opinion piece? And it, well, no, I, there, there was no, there was no call to action. Uh, uh, I didn't. Uh, I, I just uh, mentioned in the beginning what had happened, and then my call to action was for people to stop with hatred. So if we can mm, teach mm, kids mm. not to be nasty and not to hate, then something like this won't happen again. What I have to point out, though, which has been one of the most interesting things to see unfold, is. Yes, I get goosebumps. There's like this TikTok trend that happened over the last two days where these young kids that are 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20 stood up and they didn't bully the girl in question, but they just stood up and they went, no, no to racism, no to transphobia and no to homophobia. We are better and we won't stand for that. And it's been such an interesting thing to see play out. Um, you speak about Facebook and, and sort of what happens in those spaces. But one of the mainstream media sites reported on the story and they posted it to their Facebook page. And the older generation were all like, ah, sticks and stones. Like, what's wrong with trans people? I don't understand. And all the young kids were coming on there going, you are old and you don't get it. And we won't allow this to be in our world anymore. And that for me is... Grace, I'm so annoyed. I'm so annoyed because those people are our age. Well, maybe not yours. I'm 40, right? I'm 41 in like five days, okay? I can't fathom how people my age are saying that kind of shit when we were 15, 16, 17, 18, 19 during apartheid, seeing the horrors, seeing the, the, the injustices in the world. How, how are old people going the kids are wrong? I never understand that. The kids are always right within some parameter, of course, because not always. But if you look at history, the kids are always right because the kids are building history. So don't fight against them. Rather see what the point is. Rather have a kind eye towards that thing. And, and you know, the reason I asked you like what your call to action was in that post was I wanted to know if you were going to 
express kindness towards this person. So all those TikTok users, those ones that you mentioned, them going to her or, or asking her and saying, no, that's not okay anymore. I think that that's a, a healthier way of adapting cancel culture into a, a beneficial space yeah. that can make the world a better place. I don't know if we should be getting into cancel culture right now, but uh, you know, I, I think that you know the way that the way that uh, we argue as human beings. There's a lack of empathy. There's a lack of um, of understanding the other person's perspective. Um, I was chatting the other day uh, about sexism and racism. I am by no, no, no means a, a, a perfect person. None of us are. But when I started adjusting my eye, was when I was I started looking. Uh, at women in the streets and how they behaved around me when I was walking towards them, or when I was walking behind them, furtive glances behind the shoulder to see who was there. And I was like, oh shit, every single woman I see is worried about me. Yeah. And I was like, whoa, man, how can you live in a world like that? How is that your reality? And then you start looking at the way I speak to or treat people of color. And I'm like, is that right? Do I do it differently? Am I... Am I doing things wrong? And uh, not even wrong, but just to question yourself, put yourself in those people's shoes. You know, that, that young girl uh, attacking trans people, just step for one second into that person's shoes, you know, just a, uh, and I think if we do that, we can really change the world. That's the only way we can change the world is by walking another, uh, walking a, a mile in someone else's shoes. It's the only way. It's Until then, we can't identify, we can't care. It's, I think it's so important what you said there, perspective. When you start mm. to understand that my life and what I've been through is different to yours and my normal is not your normal and my history is not your history and my story is not mm. your story. Everybody, everybody has dealt with huge demons in their life, whatever they are, whether it's being a different culture, coming from a different class, you know, there's a list that's almost endless of this complexity of the human journey that we go through. And the problem, the challenge that I think a lot of human beings face is that we're unable to process that someone has lived a different life to what I know is my normal. I think mm. that's, it's mm. difficult for people to fathom. And the reality is, is that there are hardships in this world that many human beings have to deal with. And the moment we can step back and like you said, step back and go, hmm. if I was trans and I heard that, how would that make me feel? If I was yep. of a different color and I heard that, how would that make me feel? Why, why am I laughing? Well, even as a human being. As a human being. Even as a, as, a human, as a human being. Just like they're saying that thing to another human being. No, man. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's, you know, there's a, there's a whole other conversation that I've started writing an opinion piece for. But um, it's about South Africans using the, the African accent as a joke. South African comedians. Ooh, no, 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 no. It's one of the worst possible forms, like, like a, a, a small form of racism that's actually huge. And the reason why, again, TikTok, I've become part of this community. But the reason why I'm writing about it is because these young kids see nothing wrong with it. And they, they're not understanding where the pain stems from. Mm. And there's a lot of adults who support comedians who still do that because they find it funny. But you need to question why you're finding it funny. 
You need to put yourself in someone else's shoes. Yep. You need to practice kindness. Mm. And these are all themes that um, we deal with right now. And the underlining word there is if we just treated every situation, and you said it, with a little bit of kindness, it would change the world. It's really just a filter, I think. And, and whilst stepping into this theme has completely adjusted my outlook on how I interact on a daily basis. A lot of my themes do it. A lot of them make sense to me immediately and I understand them. But a lot, uh, some of them, I see it happening and, and I learn a great deal. And it's such a privilege to learn from these themes. And, and this one has certainly had that impact on me. I've adjusted that whole filter on how I treat people and how I treat myself. You know, I heard this, I heard this amazing story where uh, somebody said, if somebody across the road heard what I was saying to myself in my head, they would run over and tell me to cut it out because it's not okay to speak to somebody like that. And I think that, that that's where it stops. Mm. All these things start with yourself, every single thing, self-reflection. And even those kindnesses, like be kind to yourself. Don't beat yourself up all day, man. It's so horrible. I do it to myself all the time and I'm just looking at it going, no, Brett. Uh-uh. You're a nice person, man. Don't do this to yourself. You don't need it. You would never allow your friends to say that to, to themselves. Be kind to yourself. I mean, that is utterly important. Something that also came to light during this lockdown was mental wellness and how mental wellness is so incredibly important. I, for the first time at 35 years old, had an anxiety attack two weeks ago. It was a Monday night. Um, and the reason why I had an anxiety attack is because I had a, a problem, I had a challenge, and I wasn't able to wrap my head around how to deal with, and it, it was nothing huge. It was an email that I had received and I needed to respond to it. And I didn't know how to wrap my head around how to do that from an emotional point of view. And that made me so anxious that I literally had an anxiety attack. I, I felt wow. sick. I, didn't, I just didn't know how to do anything. And the very next day, I woke up and I didn't want to get out of bed. Monday, I had the anxiety attack. Tuesday, I was depressed. I didn't want to get out of bed. I didn't want to eat. I didn't want to face the world. And it's, I, I'd worked it out. It's all because everything that we're dealing with right now feels so much bigger than us. And it is quite traumatic to have your normal ripped away, to have your salary ripped away, to have all these things that felt like a security blanket removed. And I, I hadn't been dealing with that. And all of a sudden, it all came at once. And I spent Tuesday being kind to myself, speaking to myself a little bit better, trying to unpack the essence of what was making me worry so much so that I could find what that weakness was and I could sort of speak nicely to that weakness as well. And I spent a lot of time doing um, self-care. I was in the shower and I listened to music that made me feel happy. Yeah, as I've mentioned now, three times I'm 35, but I'm also still a child. So I sat and played PlayStation for like four hours. Um, and I, I watched, um, there's this incredible series called uh, Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist which I've seen, it came out a couple of months ago, but I sat down and I watched a couple of episodes of that because that made me feel happy at the time. Oh, and I made spaghetti. Like, that's one of my comfort foods. So I did, ev <laughs> I did everything that made me feel good. And then on Wednesday morning, as I opened my eyes, as my brain started functioning, I said to myself, yesterday's gone and today's going to be a good day. Today's going to be a mm -hmm. 
and yeah, be kind. So be kind to yourself is so important. Well, first of all, I'm very sorry that you went through that. And I'm glad that you managed to come out of it. I had my own breakdown about um, five weeks ago. In fact, it was going on for much longer than that. I just didn't realize. Mine was just uh, completely debilitated. I couldn't do anything. It was really crazy. I would sit at my computer at work uh, well, while working, and I would sit there for five, six hours, and then look at my computer and realize I hadn't done anything. And eventually, I contacted them. I was like, guys, this is what's happening. And they were like, take time. Just take time. And I'm very grateful to that. And I'm very lucky to work for a company like that. But something you mentioned there, um, you know, those nice things that you did for yourself um, on that, that day that you were battling. You know, do those things again. Do those things when you're not battling. Do it today. Have a nice bath. You know, lie there with some candles. Have some wine. And, you know, you don't need to wait until you've uh, had a nervous breakdown to look after yourself. Uh, if you look after yourself now, you won't have those breakdowns, hopefully. That's so important. That's hugely important. Yeah. I've never thought yeah. of it that way. Like, I, I've always thought practice self-care when the whole world falls apart. <laughs> I've never thought of just, I'm feeling good today, but let's top, up, let's top that up a little bit. I'm going to make pasta today. That's a great, great idea. Yes. Bump it up. I mean, you need to go for the run as well. <laughs> <laughs> um, so your mental wellness and you speak about your own self and being kind. How did you get out of the funk? I'm not even entirely sure that I'm out of it. Uh, in fact, I know I'm not out of it. I'm just aware of it. And I'm not doing as much as I can. Um, I should be, you know, doing my meditation every day. I should be exercising every day. But that, that debilitation has, has hampered me. What I have done is, like, just the, just the allowance for myself of acknowledging that I'm battling helps. And um, I also take, um, <laughs> I take Skeletium. Our company actually has its own product, which is a, a Skeletium-based um, a pill. I don't know if, if you know about it, but it's just a wonderful, calming. So for all, all, all our listeners, just look up Skeletium. It's a, a natural uh, anti-anxiety med, and I've used it in the past, and it's, yo, it's just really, really helpful. And so I do things like that, and I do try and meditate, and I phone my friends, and I... I phone a family member who I haven't spoken to in, in a while. You know, I do things to make contact with people that I ordinarily wouldn't do. And to some extent, my friendships have become better because I've consciously phoned people. I've consciously made contact with people when, you know, in the past, I've just been lazy. Oh, I bump into them when I bump into them. But, you know, like they're all battling in some extent and they all want to be contacted. I, I contacted a friend the other day who was going through a horrendous time, terrible. And I was like, you can't, I know he can't call me because he doesn't want to phone people and complain about how shit things are. So, you know, people forget that, you know, just make contact, phone, you know, I, I got a piece of advice, actually. So I had a, a bit of a family problem. And uh, my boss said to me after some, you know, I was complaining again, and he's like, Brett, you know what often helps is apologizing even if you don't mean it. And I was like, whoa, dude, like that blows my mind. You know, my ego can't handle that. Like, why should I apologize when they've been doing all these things? And I couldn't do it for some time. And then recently I, I contacted this, this family member and I was like, I'm really sorry. I'm sorry for doing this. I'm sorry for doing this. I'm sorry for doing that. And I, I, I found things that they would probably be angry about. And I just apologized for all of it unreservedly. And what's interesting about that is it wasn't the betrayal of his trust or my trust. It was just a moment where, you know, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. All that matters is like, it's okay, man. It's okay. And I felt so much power there because I 
he was smiling and he was happy and the relationship has blossomed since then. And, you know, kindness is a, a very odd thing. It's very odd. And I think it's important that we start talking about it more and pushing this agenda. I think it's an important agenda to push. And I think we literally can change the world if we, if we were just kinder to each other. I love that you've brought up conflict because um, conflict can cause incredible stress on your soul and your inner peace. And that even, that, that even goes for people who believe that they're really good at conflict or like really good at being in that space, like the fighter or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's, not, it's not healthy. And many times, most of the times, majority of the time, letting go, forgiveness, apologizing, removing yourself from the state of conflict changes your entire existence. I've also had moments where I've, I've needed to you know, accept apologies that haven't been offered to just actually let go. And I think removing yourself from conflict is also an incredible kindness that you can do for yourself. So, Do you know um, Christopher Buss? It sounds very familiar. So he is a former FBI hostage negotiator, a really, really famous one. He's, he's written incredible books and you know, he's got a great website and all sorts of other things. He's, he's created an entire industry out of negotiation. So he took negotiation out of um, hostage negotiation and brought it into business and into life. And one of the things he said was, a negotiation isn't, you don't win a negotiation. Both people win a negotiation. At the end of the day, they need to be happy and you need to be happy. That is the only successful negotiation. You know, so say you're good at conflict and you're good at winning arguments. Hey man, you still had an argument and that sucks. You yeah. Know? yeah, you're 100%. And that energy breaks me. Yeah, I've, I, you know, th- there's been so many great lessons that I've learned during this time where I guess as human beings, we've had a lot of time to spend with ourselves and to sort of self-reflect and look at mm. different, mm. different situations. And yeah, it's, I don't, I hate conflict. I'm all about energy. I feed off other people's energy. I'm very much about self-care. I think that's hugely important. Yeah, being kind to yourself and kind to others. There's, there's so many lessons that I've learned during lockdown. I want to know, has, has your good things guy, has your, your intent there, has your, um, the, the, the movement, has it given you pleasure? Has it, um, has it made your life better? Yes and no. <laughs> it's, like, it's like a double whammy. So, um, yes, because I'm living out my life's purpose. And I, I get to do maybe the best job in South Africa every single day. I get to research and interview and speak to and write and create and bring beautiful stories to South Africans, which deliver hope and inspiration and make us all a little bit more proudly South African, hopefully. Uh, they, they do. They do. And the, the platform's grown and just keeps growing. And I'm very thankful. But again, in lockdown, I've learned something which was incredibly tragic for me it's something that i've that i've had to work with over this time but there are there are a lot of people and i guess it would be different if it was just readers or someone who has followed me because of the publication but friends that i believed knew me that are now of the belief that i'm no longer allowed to have an opinion about anything that matters to me i can only be happy and optimistic and, and talk about good things is my job. Oh dear. Um, yeah. At the beginning, mm-hmm. at the beginning of lockdown, I, I, so 
if something is good news, I put it on good things guy. But if, if I get frustrated or I want to rant or I want to speak about something and I want um, the, the opinions of people around me, then I tend to use Facebook as that outlet and not on my public platform or on Good Things Guy, my private Facebook, my, my space. And at the beginning of lockdown, I, I wrote a little piece about how, whatever, it had something to do with something with the government. And I cannot tell you the amount of hate I received from people who believe that I can no longer have an opinion. And that for me has been this thing that I've been dealing with. So yes and no. It's, a, it's both a blessing and a curse. It's a monster I've created that I'm not sure how to deal with, really. Yeah, that, I mean, that's really interesting. I had a, I had a conversation some time ago with um, a, a friend of mine, a remarkable guy, and, and I used to use a colleague, and he left some time ago, but he was the exuberant, power, happy person in, in the office. You know, there was, the energy was always high because he was high. And um, when he was low, everybody would ask him, hey, man, what's wrong? What's wrong? What's wrong? What's wrong? You okay? You okay? You okay? What's wrong? And he's just like, I'm not a performing monkey. I'm not here to entertain and make your lives happy. You know, you must do that for yourselves. And if I'm not feeling good, it's not my job to entertain you. Yeah. I'm having a bad day and that's fine. Leave me alone. And it, I mean, that's the same for you. you. You've almost painted yourself into that, into that role, but that's a performance. That's a, spot, a part of you. And yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, to not be allowed to have opinions is a growing uh, a growing thing in the world and I think it's very dangerous yeah so that, that's something that I've and it, it's only recent that I guess because during this lockdown there has been conversations about regulations and certain things that have happened but I'm now of the belief system in my own space that if you can't if you can't give me the right to have an opinion then you can remove yourself from my Facebook it's really not that difficult. Um, I, you can go follow Good Things Guy and get all the positivity you want. Good Things Guy is never going to have an opinion. Good Things Guy will be all about the good things. All the news will be there. But I will, on my own personal platforms, I will have different opinions. We, there, there's, being a human being, there's so, facets, there's so many facets to who we are. It's very complex. Um, yeah, so that, that's something that I've learned and... And I'm being a lot more vocal, actually, on my Facebook about things that I don't agree with, things that, uh, you know, that's just, it's my space to vent. Do it, man. Be brave. Go out there and say the things you want to say. Because I think at the end of the day, if your heart is, has good intentions, the world can fuck off. You know, <laughs> uh, people can do whatever they want. You know, like, it's, I, I, I'm certainly not brave enough to say all the things that I want to say, but I am learning and growing and uh, feeding my mind to educate me on how to speak and how to communicate. And I think that uh, that's the way forward. Good conversation. Okay. So Brett, I need to, I need to end this off and ask you if people want an insider's view of what's in right now, where do they go? Well, funny you should ask, ask me that, Brent. I would recommend that your listeners and my listeners go to at this is in underscore underscore on Instagram, or you can go to in underscore conversation. That's the podcast, and you can find all the incredible work that we do over there, and uh, you can find out what's in. Amazing, amazing, amazing. It's, re it's been really amazing catching up with you. You're exactly the same person I knew five years ago, maybe a little bit older, a little bit wiser, a little bit more insightful but you're still, you're still the good guy that I met a couple of years ago and uh, it's been really cool catching up. Wow, I really appreciate that, Brent. Thank you, man. Thank you.
Right, and to all the listeners, tune in. As you know, every week we, we speak about good things and we meet good people and we have good conversations to help you maybe be a little bit more insightful, have a little bit more perspective, and at the end of the day, be kinder. I think that's the message that I'm going to go home with, is that we can all use kindness in ourselves and with each other. Go out there, be kind, wishing you only good things. I'm Brent Lindeke, South Africa's very own Good Things Guy, and you've been listening to Good Things Guy, a jackpot podcast. For more episodes or to subscribe, rate, or review my podcast, go to iTunes, Iona FM, or Google Podcasts. Be kinder than necessary to yourself and each other. Thanks, and only good things.